everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for our win golf review. We are done with the first tournament of the year, Tom. We made it, and now we got to talk about it. Yep, we were going to come on this morning, but I didn't get to bed until that 6 o'clock in the morning, so saving uh, the listeners and ourselves from just me falling asleep and babbling. I uh, figured we'd just combine the two rounds. Um we have a we have a standard here, Tom. We're not we're not doing pods if 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 you're if you can't speak. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, it was better off that way. Um, first thing I took away from round two, jumping right in, and I think this is kind of an overlying theme for this tournament is the best players are a little rusty, and the rest of the players they're going to have their really good rounds as you see on the PGA Tour, but they're going to kind of come back to life. Um, I don't know if you saw that co crack tee ball on one. Uh, after having the lead, he kind of settled back in with an OB on the first hole and a, I think it was a double bogey or no, triple. It was a triple. Was it? I thought it was a double. Okay. I know it was a triple. I wrote it down in my notes, uh, back to earth. So your boy co-crack, uh, falls back to earth pretty quickly after a hot start to round one. Yeah. I mean, I felt pretty good about it when we were, when we were recording yesterday after how he performed on Friday, but yeah, uh, he didn't have much staying power at all. And it was pretty evident that all the, all the good things he was doing Friday were, were not going to carry over. And it wasn't, it was just not sustainable, I suppose. Not at all. Now at the beginning of the second round, um, it's, it showed a clip of them all riding in on bikes. I don't believe that. Do you? No. Okay. I just wanted to get that. Make sure that was understood that we both think that they were handed bikes as they were walking in and just said ride in on these bikes. And because they're part of the Live Golf Tour, if they tell them to ride in on a fucking donkey, they're going to do it. Here's the thing. <laughs> and they were down in Mexico, so that was possible. Um, here's the thing. like Everything else they do is staged, right? So why wouldn't this be staged? Why would this be any different? Absolutely. Um, I did listen to Bubba talking on the range and it was pretty interesting because he's coming off of a knee injury. Um, and it, it, they're more forced to talk to the media, I suppose. And it seems like they give, they're more open because I guess Bubba's kind of like, fuck it. He was an announcer last year coming off that knee injury. Um, and he was pretty open about how he hit one into the water, but it cut. And he was finally getting his swing back, and he was happy that it went in the water because his cut is back and he's able to control the ball, which I thought was pretty interesting insight given the rest of the bullshit that's going on with this live golf. There is a few little nuggets to take out of it. Well, there's some interesting guys in this in this tour, right? So obviously, I mean, you're you, anything you get that's anything better than the same old spiel is is gold, but. I think that these guys, part of their part of their deal, part of their whole, you know, hey, we're trying to give you more access. They have the live mic, the live mic, right? You know, there's there's trying to be a lot more transparency and honesty from some of the players on the tour, and I think that's I think that's good. There's some certainly very interesting players in live, so why oh, not? Yeah. For sure. Um, the continuation right before the round, though, in the corniness where it makes it really tough to take these this league seriously was they did the countdown as if it was red zone um, out loud around the holes and then fireworks go off when they're about to tee off. That was, uh, that was a tough scene. It's a tough scene because it just feels so gimmicky because it is gimmicky. It's just yeah. not it's not what we're used to seeing when a golf tournament tees off 
Yeah, and honestly, if I were them, not that I'm rooting for Liv to succeed or whatnot. We're just more recapping this because nobody else is, and we we may have found a niche here. And trust me, it's a tough watch for both of us, but we're going to keep trying to do it. Thank God it's only on 14 times this year. Um, if I were trying to fix this league, I, I would just fucking – embrace that gimmick thing and, and kind of do it more within the rounds too. And, you know, maybe have a scramble, maybe have a best ball turn, you know, tournament and whatnot and make this more interesting because right now, like I said, they're, they're kind of caught in the middle. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at because I don't know how people, you know, I'm watching the broadcast yesterday and they're, they're showing the live, you know, the, the tweets coming in from people who are, tweeting that they're watching the tournament and they're picking their favorite team. It's like, Oh, this guy's a huge fireballs fan. I'm like, how are people pledging their allegiance to a team and like loving, like when you're watching a player, the last thing on my mind still is how that's going to help their team win. Yep. And, and they did a behind the scenes access with the four aces because obviously they went undefeated last year. And I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. I fast forwarded that. Unfortunately for me, I'm glad you watched that or maybe fortunately. Um, yeah. And, and it's hard to root because it's like a lot of these guys were on different teams last year. And I know that in other leagues they, they bounce around, but like I said, there's a history behind the other leagues. So it's like, can I really, if I like, let's say, I don't know, Taylor Gooch, who was on, I think he was on DJ's team last year when they won, if I'm not mistaken, and now he's on the the Range Goats or whatever the fuck they're called, the Bubba's team. It's like, how am I going to be, oh, I'm rooting heavy for DJ's team this year because I love Taylor Gooch and now he's on a different team. It's like next year could they could be on a totally different team. It's just all kind of thrown together. Yeah, that's the part that's really, really weird because obviously – you know, when you're watching the Ryder Cup, there's teams. There's the United States against the Europeans, and that you can get into, but you actually know the players, and then you understand the common goal that they're playing for. Here, it's like, are players getting upset if they play well, but the team loses? Like, I have no idea how that actually goes. I, I yeah. think that they're even kind of like trying to trying to talk themselves into the team aspect because it really is so contradictory to what every other every other golf tournament is they're really trying to i guess embrace the team aspect in the sense that the announcers a lot of times like i think bryson in the final round he was way out of it because he had two terrible rounds um in the first in the first two but then he went out and the last time i saw him today he was minus three um he finished it even, but they were saying like, oh, this, you know, he's really going to try and play for his team because every score counts. And if he has the top three scores today, it'll really matter towards his team. So they're really trying, the, at least the announcers, to push that team aspect. Um, given that I don't think, you know, you're not alone with nobody understands it. I have a better breakdown because I, I listened to the broadcast and I did some research myself on what happens. Um, essentially... Team scoring's over the first 12 to 13 tournaments, and that seeds them for the finals and the semifinals, uh, which are the last two tournaments of the year. So if you're the worst team, uh, how many teams are there? 12? You're the, you're the number 12 seed, and you're going to play the one seed in the semifinals or something like that, and that all leads up to the um, to the championship. And then as for the money aspect, which I wrote down as well, um, $4 million to we know who won it, but we're talking about round two here to the eventual winner, um, which is well beyond any purse that the PGA has to offer. 
And then um, that's the overall winner. And then $3 million is split amongst the winning team, which was a clean sweep this week. And then $2 million is split between the second and third place team. So that's going to give you all the information I think you should need right there. Beautifully done, sir. Very nice. Uh, Thank broke you. Broke that down quite nicely for everybody that has questions because, yeah, it's just, again, man, watching it, it for me, it's never been hard to watch golf. To, this is to hard. To turn it dude. on and say, th- exactly. Like, this was, this was an arduous task for me. And if you're saying that it was for you who loves golf, uh, that's really saying something. So much so where I think this is really, really telling. I sent you this tweet um, a 0.2 overnight rating for live golf in the 26 metered markets that carried it on CW. Ouch. That was like, that really ouch is the only appropriate word. I mean, that is absolutely brutal. Again, I don't know what that means, but I know it's bad. It was better than the, that they were getting on YouTube. But again, I think that so many people who are somewhat interested in it have no idea what the hell they're rooting for or what they're watching. Yeah, and and really, like today, I was sitting on the couch watching it with Michaela. Uh, I had gone out, so I also had it recorded and paused so I could fast-forward it. And I just found myself so many times sitting on my phone, opening up Instagram, which I'm never doing, even for a regular PGA Tour event that I care about. And I found myself fast-forwarding through a lot of the lulls in the tournament. And I never fast-forward through any PGA event, including the little bit of the Honda Classic that I watched this week that we'll probably talk about tomorrow. Um, it's just so monotonous and boring. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, because it's, you know, you just you just can't make something that's not that's not entertaining or interesting. You, you can't, you can't put, you just can't do it. It's really, really fucking hard. No matter how good some of these players are, it's just not something can't put lipstick on a pig, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just a brutal, brutal product right now. It is. Um, now talking about the golf on the course, uh, Graham McDowell, had a co-crack kind of round, but then he fell out. I, I think he ended up at, like, on this day, he had an amazing round. Everything fell for him. I think he was at, like, in round two, like, minus six or minus seven, um, climbed up the leaderboard, but then he found himself back down uh, the pylon, as they call it, on the on the broadcast towards the end there. Now, did you, did you happen to take a look at Matthew Wolf's round? I didn't, no. Matthew Wolf's round. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, Oklahoma State um, graduates here, so go Pokes, I guess. I think there's five on this tour alone. Oklahoma State and Georgia are like golf factories anyways. Um, Georgia Bulldog just won the Honda Classic. Um, but I, I think I'm, – I'm not going to put this on the record and report it, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that Matthew Wolf might play golf on crack because <laughs> he had seven birdies in the second round and finish at minus four, which means he had at least four bogeys. And it's like one hole he looks like Tiger Woods in 2002, and then he looks like an amateur golfer on the next hole. It's just like he's like a bipolar golfer. Well, you know, when it comes to looking at players and their trends, we we see players put together a really nice stretch. We see players put together some pretty brutal stretches. Uh, hole to hole super sporadically is another thing. And I mean, you talk about one extreme to the next, I mean, 
Matthew Wolf, is he a guy that you that has had this trend for a while now? Oh yeah, I mean Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa came out in the same year, and they were like Matthew Wolf was supposed it could be even though well now we'll never know because he's on lift. He was better in, in an early start to his career than Colin Morikawa. I remember he went against Bryson DeChambeau in the 3M Classic and beat him in a playoff. Um, and he was supposed to be basically what Colin Morikawa was doing, winning two majors. He was the golden child coming out of Oklahoma State, winning you know whatever the Heisman version of the golfer is in college. And he came out like a bat out of hell, getting a million top fives, finishing high in majors and whatnot. And then he really fell off and he talked about his mental health. He took a time away from golf. And then right after that hiatus, he came back, played a little bit more, had a couple of times in in elevated tournaments and majors where he started to buck his head a little bit, but nothing came of it. And then he moved over to live. And it's like, I guess this promising young kid that eventually I thought was going to figure it out is now just going to be on live playing golf on crack. (laughs) <laughs> well it sounds like it um congrats on the money matthew wolf i hope it's worth it um your boy cam smith finished at minus six he played pretty well throughout this tournament i mean he's gonna and let's move on to, to round three here going into it going into today's round it was uh how the third and uline who was a very promising player out of oklahoma state but he just could never figure it out in his 20s um but he always had a really good game uh they had the lead and uh, but the, my takeaway from this was that um, the the top players are a little rusty, um, and whoever you are, whether you're Hal who ended up winning it, get your wins now because Cam Smith is not going to shoot minus six total for the for the for the next couple of tournaments. He's he's going to turn it on, and the big this this tournament is designed for the big dogs to go out and win it. Um, and, and you're going to see a lot of wins from your guys like um, if Brooks was in form of Brooks, but more like a DJ and a Cam Smith and a Gooch um, and a Neiman, guys like that. I, I think if you're the next two or three tournaments, if you're a guy like Charles Howe III, who had a decent PGA Tour career, made over $40 million, but I think he only has one win, this is when you get your wins early on. And Howe played incredible golf, um, just hit, just stuck every pin, but he's one of those guys where from the game that I watched from him today, he's not going to beat himself. It's just he's also not going to beat anybody else. He's just going to play his game. Um, and the only way you're going to beat him is if you play Dustin Johnson plays like he should, which I think he will in the in the coming tournaments. Yeah, I, I picked yesterday Dustin Johnson to to end up winning this thing in uh, through rounds two and three. But you he know, was he just a neutral, just, dude. Yeah, he was just a neutral. He he didn't really do much. Whereas Charles Howell, I mean, this guy, I mean, he went on an absolute freaking bender to finish at minus sixteen, four ahead of Peter Uline, who finished at minus twelve. I mean, Howell was just hitting everything, and he just looked like he was in complete command of this golf tournament. Yep, and if you watch the entire tournament, uh, just a continuation of the first round like we talked about yesterday, every putt was falling, it felt like, from 30 feet and in, just everybody pouring them in. Yeah, no, it was it was no different in rounds two and three. No, it was not. Um, another takeaway that I had was Taylor Gooch, I'm I'm sure you see you saw him hit a couple balls out of bounds and whatnot. He shot himself in the foot. In my opinion, he was hitting the ball well and putting well. He should have won this tournament by two or three strokes, but he just shot himself in the foot 
way too many times, and I think that's going to be corrected over over the next, I don't know, two to three tournaments. It's a good call by you. Yeah, he, he really he had some shots that did him in, and he was not able to recover because, again, Howell was just playing his absolute ass off. Uh, and, you know, when a player's playing that well and, and you make a couple of unforced errors, you're you're going to find yourself out of the running for a tournament really, really quick. Yeah, DJ clearly didn't give a fuck today. I think he finished today. Yep, plus seven. <laughs> so oh my he God. clearly did not give a shit today. Um, the thing that I do love is, and I'm going to be rooting for all year because he doesn't deserve to be a pro golfer, is Chase Kepka at plus 15. As long as he finishes 45, 46, 47, or 48, I'm a happy man. Um, the only reason why he got signed was to – he's basically like – when you're recruiting a, a blue chip player, five star recruit for basketball or, or football, and you sign, you know, their dad as the assistant to the assistant offensive coordinator, <laughs> that's kind of how I saw that one. Yeah, no, he's awful. He's an, he's absolutely awful. But yeah, honestly, what I took away from from this tournament, I mean, um, Hal put on a clinic of just never making a, never hitting a a baller shot like an incredible shot but he was just steady Eddie um, and I think that's gonna win early on but I think the big boys are gonna come out to play later on in the season um and I the one thing I did think that was hilarious was there was a situation where somebody was talking and Wolf just gave him a glare and didn't say anything and then his caddy obviously knew to tell him to quiet down and I'm just I'm sitting here and I'm like, so you mean to tell me that people talking in the background are bothering you, but there's a DJ just there's fucking, fucking scratching DJ. the disc behind you, and that's okay? That's, I mean, that's just the absolute height of hypocrisy right there. It's it's a joke. I mean, again, I can't get used to the DJ. I was texting you yesterday as I was watching round two. I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is so awful. It just makes – it is such a terrible optic as guys are winding up their putts you know, to, to go ahead or give their team a lead and you're just hearing music blaring in the background. It's just so comical. Yeah. So, I mean, congratulations to Hal, um, taking some of that, taking a lot of that blood money. Good for him. Um, just grabbing the bag on that one. I, like I said, I think, I think the big boys are going to come out to play in the further tournaments and, and the, Guys that have only won once or just hung around on the PGA Tour or whatever, the the mid tier to low mid tier guys are gonna are gonna fall by the wayside further on. Um, any any other takeaways from this tournament? Not really. I'm just trying to, like we all are, just kind of get my feet wet with this whole thing and taking in the you know the the leaderboard. You know, the, that graphic that they have on the left-hand side, seeing a CW logo for sports, which By I don't the think they have any other sports. By like, the way, let me just yeah. let me just say this. CW, they should have stayed on YouTube because they fucking suck. I mean, first of all, why aren't you broadcasting the first round as if you have what is like One Tree Hill just too important to bump on Friday afternoon? <laughs> because I could only record the first two tournaments, and then I, you have to watch on the CW app, which is absolute trash. I try, I tried to open the the and watch the tournament when I got home from work on Friday. Just watch a little bit of it because we had decided to do this on Thursday night, and I open it and you can't even go full screen. So I didn't even want to download i didn't even want to con contaminate my iphone with the cw app so i put it on my work phone which is an android i couldn't even go full screen on it 
first of all. And then if you do want to go full screen, you have to click a link. I don't even know how I stumbled upon this. And then go to CW's website. And then you have to turn off the orientation lock on your phone just to get it to go full screen. And then I turned it off because I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch some of this. And then I'm just going to watch the highlights on YouTube. And I tried to find the highlights or at least a, re, a full replay so I could fast forward through it on the CW app. And it's nowhere to be found. It, it, absolutely brutal, and, and that's my thing. Where I'm like, the CW doesn't have other sports, right? Like, do they do they literally do anything else? I've I mean, never watched I, a sporting event on the CW. I, I couldn't remember the last time I watched a sporting event on WB11. Maybe a Yankees game twenty years ago. Right, because it's Pix11 in New York where they show the Mets. They used to do the Yankees, but the Yankees now have the Amazon package that that took over from Pix. So I think Pix11 shows the Mets, but. Uh, and that's it, and that's not affiliated really with the CW. So, I don't know what I don't I don't think that the CW does anything other than live. But you would think this is that aside from uh, syndicated programming that is basically just old television shows. Like I don't even know if they have Seinfeld, but shit like that. That this would be a big deal for them because they don't have much live programming, so that they would like put some money into it and like at least program the app so that I could make it full screen and then have a replay of the tournament. Maybe you'll get some activity on your app. Well, since we're the really the only, the only pod talking extensively about live, Hey, listen and, and tweak it. You, you got some, you got some ideas here. Okay. You're, you're one, you're one tournament in, you got 13 more this season, dick around with the graphics and the presentation of the product and find a way to make it a little bit more palatable. Honestly, I love Faraday on there. I like the commentators. I have no quarrels with them. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a golf tournament with the announcers. Obviously it's just feels like it's very manufactured because of the nature of this tour. But yeah, man, it was, it's, it's a tough watch at the, when you're watching sports on TV, all the other score bugs and all the other graphics and all the other, you know, just the way in which the presentation is over overall used. It's so superior to whatever the hell this is that I never watched it on YouTube. I, I know you did, or you tried to at least, was it the same? Did they use the same graphics and just bring it over to the CW or is it a completely Similar. different look than it was? No, no, no. It's, it's pretty much the same. Just at least on YouTube, when something's over that's live, you can go back and watch it as if it's just a regular YouTube video. Okay. So that at least you had that benefit on YouTube, where if I missed it live, I could go and fast forward through the shit I didn't want to watch. And the benefit that it wasn't commercial free, that it didn't have commercials, was really nice as well. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, the vibes I'm getting is like Coachella mixed with golf, and it's just. It's like if somebody told me, oh, I went to a live golf tournament and somebody sold me ecstasy, like I'd believe that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I, I wouldn't I, – I would believe that a live representative sold someone ecstasy to be honest. Well, make the experience better. Yeah, well, I'm going to need a lot of drugs to make this experience better, <laughs> but we're going to keep – we're going to keep trying. Um, we got I'm, – I'm going to pull up the schedule here. Um, by the way, Maya Koba, I, I – I knew I've heard of the course before, but I couldn't put my finger on why I've heard of it before. And then I remembered, I saw, did you see that cave bunker? Yes. I believe uh, they they had a shot where uh, Sergio Garcia was hitting right in front of it. 
uh, with, I believe he hit a three wood onto the green. Nice shot. Um, and I was like, this is this has been played very recently because they made because the PGA made such a big so much bigger of a deal about this cave bunker, and mm. actually the last time this course was played was the I have it written down here big notes guy now Sean um, yeah I see that the Worldwide Tech PGA tournament back in October of 2022 so very recently this course was used now that Live has taken on this course I don't know if the PGA will ever use it again but. I mean, yeah, it, this is a real deal tournament course. Now, the pin placement for the Live Golf, I think, was a hell of a lot easier, but it is a real deal course. It was a gorgeous course. From well, I know we talked about it yesterday and how easy it was, but it was beautiful throughout all three rounds. Uh, looked really manicured. Looked really, really nice. Uh, obviously, if you're in Mycoba and in Mexico, you're, you're already doing quite well with the ambiance and the scenery. I will say this time, just the crushers, because we, we didn't mention that they were the winners. Obviously, Howell. Uh, Clean sweep for Howell. Yeah, obviously, he, he was the leader there for that team. But they finished at minus 26. They were nine strokes they ahead dominated. of the four aces. Yes, Casey played well. I mean, yeah, I think this got a lot further away with Dustin Johnson's plus seven and whatnot, where he kind of just gave up on the third day. Yeah, they dominated. Uh, they looked they looked to be the ones that were in true form, and they were saying that throughout the broadcast that these guys had really worked on their game in the offseason. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, but it looked to, to be a proven out. Yeah, it did. They were, they were all really, really good. Yep, so our next tournament, Sean, buckle up is in Tucson, Arizona, St. Paddy's Day weekend, March 17th through 19th at the Gallery Golf Club. I don't know why they're doing this to us. Uh, <laughs> that's the first weekend of March Madness. And uh, I don't. I will be watching, I will tell you this, I will be watching a lot of the highlights of, the, of that tournament. Um, and yeah, it'll be a lot of recording CW. for me. Yeah, congrats on the CW because at least I can flip channels when or if some games are bad, but they're, they're fuckers for doing that. Cause seriously, if you're trying to get like casual fans, you're going to do a tournament the first weekend of March madness. I know it's yeah. Saudi government. They don't give a shit, but it's like, but that's another somebody thing. put it in their ear. Let's go. Nobody's going to, if nobody watched this weekend where the sports calendar is still a little dry and the Honda classic, which is not an elevated PGA tour it, it, event is going on. How the hell do they think they're going to get any eyeballs yep. on that from St. Paddy's weekend? And that's another thing where I was actually going to compliment them until I until you brought that up. Where I, now I just think it was just stumbling into stoop dumb luck that they scheduled this tournament because I was like, what a perfect week to have your opening tournament during nothing's going on in the sports world and the Honda Classic, which is the first non-elevated event in a while for the PGA Tour. And, you know, the best player in that tournament was probably Shane Lowry, so no one cares about it. Perfect opportunity to, to have your tournament. And then they're going to turn around and have their next tournament up against, outside of the Super Bowl, probably the biggest event in American sports. Yeah, no, it's a really, really short-sighted and, and not calculated decision. Um, because, again, it, nobody watched this weekend, and you're trying to acquire more eyeballs from tournament to tournament you're not going to succeed. I guarantee you that the ratings that were already super low are going to be even lower that weekend. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm looking a little further ahead. Um, what are you doing May 12th to 14th? I'm thinking about getting you a ticket to Tulsa. That's close enough. <laughs> that, is, that is close enough. Uh, still not very close. Um, 
that is the weekend before I actually go up to the Catskills for my brother's bachelor party. So I will not be going anywhere. Oh, well, I mean, I could, I'll get, how about this? I'll, I'll, I'll sweeten the deal. We're going to skip the birdie shack as well as the gallery club. I'm going to get you an $825 ticket to club 54. Wow. What a guy sold. No. (laughs) Well, unfortunately we'll be watching that from home. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's our first live tournament. Uh, it was, uh, it was something. It really was something. Um, again, I think it's, it's just going to take a really long time. They have the players. They have the talent. They have, you know. They have the announcers in place. Features. Yeah, dude. They have some attractive features. I know we've just shat on it endlessly, but they have some they, they have some potential to work with. It's not a complete wasteland of talent, and obviously talent carries out. Now we just need to see. The biggest thing for me, man, is I'm going to be paying attention as we do this thing. I want to see the level of competitiveness and passion from the best players if they're you know competing for the for the leaderboard both for themselves and for the team when you get to the last you know the back nine on Sunday I want to see that fire if I don't see it then I know they don't take it seriously so why should I yep no I hear that um I mean for me my takeaway it's going to be this product is not going to succeed for as long as it's stuck in the middle. If you strip it down and you make it super serious and you harp on the money part and whatnot and you get rid of all the bullshit around it, it might be more interesting. Or if you go the complete opposite way and you just dive straight headfirst into the bullshit and you start changing up you know, the formats and whatnot, you keep the teams the same just so there's a little, a little parity with the players. But, you know, you, you have a scramble or you have a best ball, or, or you have an alternate shot, whatever you want to do, and and you really embrace the uh, the gimmickness, then it might be more interesting as well. Yeah, I have complete, complete agreement with you on that. Um, this middle ground where you have, you're trying to tell us it's super serious and important, and then you've got the DJ playing in the back as guys are trying to make putts. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable, and... For anybody that's turning, tuning into watching a sporting event, man, as we know, or try to embrace a new league or at least give it a try, we have to know what we're watching. We have to know and trust what we're being told. And if we're not being told that this is something that's super, super serious, then why should I take it seriously? And if you say it is really, really serious, then why you got a goddamn DJ playing in the back? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so I guess we'll be back with this little uh, podcast version of our podcast uh saint patty's day um did you were you able to watch any more of the full swing or are we going to talk about that later on no let's talk about let's wrap up today's pod by talking about episodes three and four i watched the ian poulter one and the joel damon one you were totally right about joel damon absolutely fucking awesome guy what a great episode and story that was yeah the poulter one whatever who cares they knew he was going to live. He was wink winking at it. And he's been playing pretty well on live. I'm not going to lie. Making a lot of putts. Um, whatever. Who cares? It was cool to see him throw his clubs across the room when he was trying to qualify for the Masters. Yep. Um, and he didn't. And I feel good I about that. I understood him leaving too. You know, like him not making the cut. And, you know, they showed him in Austin. He, and, he's and the perfect really... guy for live. Yeah. Because it's like my career's over or or – my career's in the twilight or the back nine, no pun intended. Um, nice. 
Uh, I let, let me grab a bag. Same thing with Paul. a lot of these Euros. Paul Casey. Ooh, stays in. I would have liked to have stayed a few more years because I think he's got one more major run in him. But these these older European guys and these older American guys, I get it. But like the Taylor Gooches, the DJs, the Brookses, all these, it just makes me sad. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know what you makes want... me even more sad is the young guys. Well, that's what you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, 100% true. 100% true because you know that they had so much potential on the PGA Tour and they were really starting to acquire a legitimate fan base around them if they didn't already. But yeah, the Joel Damon content, super wholesome, super cool. I love the self-deprecating nature that he has. Um, he's just a dude that plays golf and he happens to be really fucking good at it and the relationship he has with his caddy, that's, uh, that's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, and it was really cool that they got the whole he was like a decision away from not even going to the longest day in golf which is when you play I think two rounds of golf to qualify for the U.S. Open and he said screw it and did it by the skin of his ass and then ended up top 10ing in the U.S. Open in Boston last year yeah really awesome really great story so I'm four episodes in um I can get you two more and then tomorrow we can recap five and six Sounds good to me. We are going to be back tomorrow, and we're going to talk about some real sports, a um, few sports. I don't think it's going to be too – there's not too much going on in the sports world. Um, but, yeah, that about wraps it up uh, for this version of the pod. Like I said, we'll talk to you guys when? March 17th. So much fun. That's right. If you're looking for this live, if you're looking for this live content, we got you. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we got you. Yep. Yeah.